Espero que nadie se, se ofenda, pero hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de este, de este equipo. Son los sentidos. Por mucho desgusto possamos ter, valores más altos se levantan. Valor más alto que se levanta en términos futbolísticos chama-se Good evening. Welcome to episode 56, the last one of this disastrous season. I'm sure there's many other adjectives that we could use for it. That's sure a good we'll pick one. Pick up a few along the along the conversation. Uh, title is "What did we do to deserve this?" I took that from Kenny's comment in our text uh, the other day. Um, gentlemen, how are we? Could be better. <laughs> Could be better. Could always be worse, I guess, right? Could yeah, always be worse. What's worse? What's worse? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> today, we got a few different topics to touch on. Refica loses the final of the Taça de Portugal against Braga 2-0. And there were some cases we'll talk about. Frustrating end to a disappointing season. I know that we had talked about this won't save the season, but it'll at least give us something positive from, uh, you know, a, a bucket of shit that we had all season. But turns out that we just got ourselves another bucket of shit to add on to the one that we already had. Uh, we'll talk about the season, uh, kind of a, a review of the season. What did we think? What are what was our high? What was our low? Um, touch on. Uh, fan expectations versus reality. Uh, us as fans, what do we expect going into the season? And is it realistic in regards to what could really happen? Um, so it'll be interesting to see what your what your perspectives are on that. We got Coach in here. New episode of Continue by Fikisa, the Jerry Springer edition. Can't wait. <laughs> it should be good. Um, I'll start with um, Braga 2, Befica 0. A game that Benfica stayed with the back three. I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, Otamendi, he moved Otamendi out to the right. Vertonghen was in the middle of the three and Morata was on the left. The only reason that I can think of the reason he did that is because Vertonghen and Morata are both left-footed. So in order for him not to have a left-footed player on the right and a left-footed player on the left, he put a left-footed player in the middle, had a left-footed player on the left and a right-footed player on the right to make it hopefully easier. But I didn't like the fact that Vertonghen was playing in the middle. He looked. There was a few plays um, that they played the ball in behind, played the ball over the top, and he was just really leggy. Um, one that stands out is one the goal, the first goal, which there's and the, and the PK. I mean, and the red card. The red card and the there's a play in the second half where Abel Ruiz gets the ball out wide, and he just literally touches the ball and comes inside, and Vertonghen basically just gets completely lost in the play. Um, Diogo Gonçalves, Grimaldo on the wings, Tarat, Weigl, Everton, Pizzi, Sef. Um, obviously, Pizzi comes out early. We'll, we'll let Oscar give us his thoughts on that. Um, red card, 17 minutes into the game. 
I'll get your guys' opinion on it, but I've watched that replay time and time again. I cannot see a touch at all. And if you look at the play again, the touch goes out. The ball's going out the sideline on top of it. So he's not going to goal. He's going way away from goal. I can't find a touch on it. For me, there's many other things that happen to the game, but when you get a red card in 17 minutes, obviously it's going to impact the game, especially a final. But the fact that VAR didn't even call that back is astonishing to me. Um, and of course, when we, when we kind of threw everything forward, they scored a second goal. Um, I, I th- thinking back, the only chance that I can really think of that we really had was, was Weigel's that the goalie saved and they came back down on that same play basically and scored um, on the mistake from, for me, Vertongen first. And then all these say is, I don't know where the hell he's going. <laughs> um, Kenny, I'll start with you. I always start with Oscar, so I'll start with you. What are uh, what did you think of this game? So, I mean, it was. I mean, we were clearly hoping for um, a, a victory there to to kind of get something out of the season. So, I was disappointed in the loss. Even even with the red card, I think we we you know as a Ban- as Benfica should do enough to win to win a game like that. Um, I mean. It, it wasn't the saving, you know, it wouldn't save the season, but it would have been something to finish the season on a high note. So it was disappointing. Um, the red card, I think, I think the red card, it's, you might look at it as harsh. I think there is a touch. I think he touches him with his hand. When you have a, when you have the goalie coming out like that, it's always going to go in favor of, of the forward and whether the ball's going out the sideline or whatever, he gets there first. The goalie comes in late. He's out of position. I think it's, it's. I'm not going to argue the red card there, um, but uh, but yeah. I mean, besides that, I think you know we had a couple of chances. I think in the second half that we probably could have made it one-one. But um, at the end of the day, you know, we didn't. We after the the red card, it was it was very difficult. Oscar. Um. I don't think it was a red card. It's supposed to be a red card. I think even if he touched him, the ball is going to the corner flag. And to me, that's that's not a red card. Um, a red card is if the ball is going towards goal and he stops a, a forward from going toward for it's a goal, guaranteed goal. The ball is going he probably wouldn't even catch up to the ball at this point. But if he did, it was going to the corner flag. So so I don't think it's a red it's a red it's a red card. It's a bad red card. Um and the VAR not analyzing on it, even reviewing it is to me beyond unbelievable. All right. So that's the first thing. Second thing is there's no more excuses, all right? All right, this team this team was put together to, right now after the COVID is not a, a factor anymore, right? There's not an excuse for COVID. If you guys remember, we played against Juventus with ten guys. We played against uh, against uh, Porto with ten guys when the, the when the Chappelle from uh, from uh, Andrea Gomes, remember that? We yeah. we we played many games and, and crucial games against top teams with ten guys and we were a team we played as a team so this team as soon as we got a red card to me it was over because i don't trust this team right so there's no more excuses no more COVID. there's there's a lot of investment in this year and this is what it comes down to the team is not solid it's not solid and it's a failure of a season it's to me a horrible season because of the investment horrible season so other than that than that there's nothing else to say this we've had one chance this this game the game ended at 15 minutes in what did you think of the PC? 
substitution. Oh, you want me to start with that now? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're talking about the game. I mean, right. my so, opinion is uh, in the it, the only way PZ can stay in that game is if we revert back to a four at the back. Why? Because as much as we want to complain about Tarat, he gives us a lot more off the ball than PZ will. And you're down a man 17 minutes in, you got a lot of game to play and you're going to have a lot of running to do. And PZ's not that guy, unfortunately. And the only reason I think he would stay is if we go to a back four, you take a center back out, you go to a back four and then you essentially play a four, four, one. Seth is on an Island by himself. Right. And you don't have to occupy as much space, but the way we were playing with three at the back, PZ coming out, I think made sense because he's not going to, he's only going to give you soccer one way going forward. He's not going to track back and you need someone who's going to put in a shift defensively. And I know what you're going to say. Does Everton do that? He might not do He might not do that, but the difference between PZ and Everton individually, Everton has the ability to go at defenders. Right. And he may not have shown that a lot this season. We have two games and now we, now we trust him to do it in the final. I'm not saying that we trust him, but what I'm saying is he gives you that outlet, right? He gives you that ability to give the ball to a guy like Everton and hopefully take on a guy and have the confidence to beat a guy and go. PZ's not that guy either. He's not going to take the ball at midfield and beat a guy and go, right? He's more of a come and get the ball. Let's get others involved. So he's not going to help defensively where Everton maybe doesn't help as much. But offensively, he he gives you the option to be able to have that outlet of either going long to Seth or playing it to him and hoping he can beat someone on a one-on-one. That's my perspective of why I think it made sense. And th- th- it failed. And th- it, it did. And it everything failed. ended up coming off. But it's, it's a gamble you have to make, right? And, yeah, and because but, but PZ gives you guarantees. What guarantees does it give you, though? Yeah, he, no, he with gives, a lot. Down a guy, what guarantee does what he give? With uh, down a guy, yeah. But PZ can create. He can create with a long ball. He can create with a short ball. He can create a given ghost. That the PZ yeah. can create those those spaces. Who are you? Who are you going to give yeah. those to? All right. Who are you going to give those to? What are you going to give those to? What do you mean? What do you mean? So, you're, so, you're right, down so we take so we take Everton out. No, if you take Everton or Tarap, right? Just think about this. We're playing with three defenders, right? Three center back. We're playing with Diogo Gonçalves and Grimaldo. Help in the midfield, right? The, 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 our wing backs. So if you take out that up, PZ is not going to have the whole midfield with Weigel. He's going to have Grimaldo and Diogo Gonçalves helping out, cutting, helping on the middle, right? And then you have you have uh, Everton and, and Sefarovic for PZ to create up front. Without PZ in the game, game was over. Game was over, essentially, absolutely over. We couldn't create a shit. Tarap didn't create shit. I get that, but shit. I don't think. So, so, so but it could have it could have gone the other way, right? PZ could have, we. It's easy to retroactively have this conversation, right? PZ could have stayed on. Everton could have came off, and PZ did shit, right? No, and then I, we, I would have taken out Tarat because we had center, three center backs, and because we had the wing backs pushed up to help the midfield. And we played with with PZ against Porto with three center backs, PZ in the midfield with Vigo. I know we had eleven guys. I get it, but we played with PZ in the middle, and he helped defensively and offensively. We had our best game of the season. Correct. Yeah, but, but how, different how many game. how many times does he do that? Right. That's like three center backs. With three center backs, I trust no, him in the middle. How how well does he play in that defensive role? He doesn't much? with three center backs. Exactly. It's much. happened once. The Porto game is the only time he actually tracked back and worked his ass off defensively. When you're right. down a guy, you can't gamble like that, though. 
You gotta you play the Especially safe bet. Final. The safe bet is taking either PZ or Everton out. One of the two wingers up top. That's I, safe I, bet. Don't agree, I don't agree with that. I totally don't agree with that. As soon as look, look, just look at the history that PZ has against Braga alone. Against Braga. Okay, PZ is not, if not the last six years, our best play against Braga. Most goals, most assists, most everything against Braga. He, he he's got Braga's number. You can't take a play out that most creative player out when we got when he's not. Not only is he our most creative player, the one that creates more chances, is he's our captain and he's the first guy chosen to come out on a big game like this. I would I legit this game PZ to me it would have been like then I'm not that important in this team. I want out. Kenny, do you agree? I, I 100% agree. I was, I was, I said it on the group chat with, with Oscar that, that Tarat, I, for me, Tarat should have, should have gotten off the field. 100%. I thought with, with that game, we had to win the game. It's not a game we could tie. We could just hold off a result. We had to win this game. Why take, Tarat didn't create nothing through the whole game. Legit. Other than, other than a few fouls and elbows and bullshit that he does every game, that's all he did, right? Defensively, I didn't even see much doing defensively. All right, what he what he did defensively, I guarantee PZ could have done. So with the safe bet, we're here. If you wanted to create anything going on uh, 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 forward, would have been PZ stay on the field. Tarap, especially too, because Everton Everton wasn't creating anything either. Like we literally lost. We were just doing long balls to Seth, and there was, I mean Seth couldn't do anything with it. With it, so I I agree that you know I, I would have liked to have seen PZ stay there to to create some chances because, like Oscar said, we we didn't create anything after that. And I know we, we're down a man, but we the only chance we created, like Mikey said, was Vigel and the rebound. It was a rebound that off a shot that that uh, that I think the Gonzalez took. Mm -hmm. Okay, that that's not a creating a chance. That's just got lucky with a shot, with the ball falling to Vigel, right? So we didn't going offensively. We created nothing after the 15th minute. Before that, it was basically just the teams feeling like feeling each other. But after that, forget it. The game was over. We couldn't create. And let's let's look back at the times that we played against with 10 guys. We actually created chances. We won games. We came back from from being down against Porto and created chances and won the game three two. Like it's not like and now we have investments of millions and we can't do that. So who do we blame? Dave, our buddy here, Braga fan. I'm sure he's excited and happy. Um, would you have considered taking out a central defender? I, like I said at the beginning, I would have if I would have kept PZ on the field, I would have reverted to a back four. I would have taken Morato out. Played with uh, Vertonghen, Otamendi, Diogo, and Grimaldo. Um, and then you basically still have your midfield intact. Um, and you can basically pack the midfield, right? You can put a, uh, a Chiquinho in there, right? You can play him central. Or you can move PZ inside and bring on a Rafa, right? So he still gives you that explosion going out, right? Having that ability to play in over the top. Um, but I... That probably would have been my first choice is to go to a back four. And you take and out take out Murato? Murato. I would have taken Murato out. I would have played with a back four. And the midfield would have been – I probably would have gone with a Tarat, Weigel, PZ in front, and then Rafa out wide. Basically, you're playing with – you know, Seth, unfortunately, is out on an island, right? But um, – When he was out on an island. Anyways. Anyways, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, we we talked we talked about we talked about that too. I think that was another. Yeah, that, um, that could be another option. I would have that would have worked too. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure you worked out the the three back the whole week, right? Against Braga, so so to change the whole like the whole tactical idea would have been very very risky, right? So if you wanted to stay with the three, 
the only option to come out would have been Everton or Tarapt. I wouldn't have taken PC because he was the only thing creating going forward. He would have been the only one creating going forward. And uh, and and P- Sefrovic was basically gonzo after PC came out. There's nothing that goes to Sefrovic after that. And I mean, I get the the tactical piece, but right, like Vertonghen and Otamendi have played in a back four plenty of times this season, right? So it's, it shouldn't have been anything new. I get that you. There's no way that Judge Zeus goes into a game with one tactical idea, right? We play with a back three, and that's a back three. Like you have to have plan A, plan B. Um, he's, had, he's had plenty of plan A's and plan B's this season. That, <laughs> that's work. the thing, right? Like you have to be prepared for these things, and I can't imagine. I mean, they've gone. Been... Yeah, they've gone between both formations like one game they'll play the back three one game they'll play back four so it's not like they're the players there aren't used to playing with four in the back and kenny you touched on or we touched on this earlier about vertongan um and again i don't know if the rest of you guys noticed it but he just looked off the pace he looked lethargic i think he got exposed playing as the central unit um there was a play in the first half where they it was still 0-0 they got in behind uh alan ruiz crossed it and otamendi came out of nowhere and poked it away um or else it would have been a tap in right and that's in the middle of our box right like and he's playing as the right center back right like where's our center back right and that was the first thing i noticed on the team sheet is the fact that vertongan was playing central and not otamendi and i think we noticed it i think it was clear if you were really paying attention but does that performance, and again, it's one game, but I missed inter- training during the week as he well. Did. Which was, he did, yeah, but I'd be interested. I'd be yeah. interested to know and go back to see how many times he played in a back three and he played in the middle and not on the left. But I know we talked about it early in our group chat. David Luiz is a free agent. Um, I don't think he's going to come back. Um, if he does, he would have to take a massive salary cut. But um, does does that performance worry you going forward, right? Like he's not the fastest, right? So we're basically banking on him using his brain, using his awareness, positionally being spot on. Um, But when you're playing a high line, you run the risk of that and anything in behind you're fucked. And I think three or four times he got exposed hard in that game. Are you, does it worry you at all? Would you take it to be Luis over him since he's a free agent? I mean, I, I, I'm a David Luis fan, so I would, I would rather have him. If I had to choose, I'd rather have him than Vertonghen. I just, you know, after, after the entire season, I just, you know, Vertonghen didn't really do it for me all season long. Like not, he didn't stand out. I mean, it just, I don't know. He's just, you know, for an experienced player, I don't think he was as solid as I expected him to be. Um, so if I, you know, if it was a switch for a switch, I would take David Luiz. But I do think we need to get younger um, on the back line. I'm, I'm sure they're going to invest somehow on that. I don't know if Morato is going to stick around or not. But um, I mean, yeah, I would, I would take David Luiz. Oscar, Bill, any opinions on that? Um, I mean, they both, if they both are coming, Vertonghen can't be that cheap on salary wise. I mean, he came from a, the Premier League as well. He came. Yeah, but- he's a he's a Belgium international. He's a he's a captain of Belgium team. So he can't be that cheap. I'm sure he took um, a pay cut. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. in David Luiz said he's coming home to finish his career, so he would take a pay cut. It's not like oh, I'm he's I'll come getting, home, but I'm gonna keep the same salary. So Vertonghen's getting just about two million clean after taxes. 
All right. And I think if David Luiz would absolutely take that to finish his career at Benfica. Let me see what he's making. At, um, was Vertonghen a two-year two year contract? I think so. Um, Vertonghen, yeah, it was a two-year. <clears throat> I mean, um, I, I'll be honest. Ver, Vertonghen didn't disappoint me this year. He, he, had, yeah. he, he was solid all year round. I mean, this game. I don't he, think. He was coming I don't back. Think he yeah, I don't think he didn't, like, stand out to me, but he was solid. Like, if we're looking at players to get rid of, he's not he's not one of the, my he's list. Yeah, I think him on the left side of that back three was, was I mean, he played well. I just, he got exposed when he played the, the one game in the yeah, center. center. I, yeah. Right. And I think right. having Otamendi play centrally, is kind of like a, a security blanket type of thing where he, let, let he might have cleaned up a lot of the, the mistakes he was making. Question: Who's the the person the lead the in the back line? Says that you play a back three. The leads the offside trap is the the center guy, right? You have to follow. Really? The guy. Yeah. Well, no. yeah. So Not in this really. case, the first the first goal was Otamendi's fault. What do you, oh, because he keeps him on side. Keeps him on side because yeah. Vertogen, Vertogen had he was a, 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 in front of the defender. But Ottoman keeps him on side, so yeah. then it was, it was too late for Vertonghen to catch up to him, and yeah. uh, so so in that case you have to look like Ottoman had a fault right there, not a Vertonghen because he because he was playing the offside trap and, and Ottoman didn't keep up. So take that one out, but there was a few others that he he definitely got exposed um, in over the top. So David Luiz is at he was making five point two five million pounds per season at Arsenal. So. Yeah. It's a substantial pay cut, and he's a year younger than Vertonghen. I didn't realize he's only thirty-three. Vertonghen's for, uh, thirty-four. So yeah, I mean, I, I, what, what was Vertonghen getting paid at Tottenham? I'm sure I would probably say close to the more. same. Yeah, I'd say close to the same what David Luiz was making at Arsenal. He was making three point one million pounds of Tottenham, and I mean, yeah. I I don't see Luis David Luiz if he comes back making more than two point five. Yeah, clean yeah yeah but even that is a lot of cash a lot of cash for for the three three year old. I, agree, I agree with that but if the Luis comes back i don't know we, we obviously have to get rid of one of the big guys 100 i think morato stays yeah if you're looking if you're looking at the back three or our, our back line and you're saying the Luis is coming in we have to get rid of one it'll be vertogen i think it's vertogen you know otamendi you don't touch he was essentially the heart of the team this year he's untouchable in my opinion and then morato they invested a lot of money to bring him over eight was million it two years ago or three years ago 2019 eight million yeah. from he's, Sao Paulo. he's 20 right yeah he's young he's uh 19 19 yeah. so we yeah. paid eight million us dollars for a player who was on the sao paulo b team yeah, so just heavy for, for a player that was in uh, Spain, Spain's second division. Fuck. Eight million for a fucking yeah. player that was on the B yeah, team. He's, he's not going anywhere. And I think overall, defensively, we need to get younger. So I, I don't see them moving on from Morato. Yeah. Um, I, I would just think, I think Otamendi, David, David Luiz would be like a good duo back there. Like, I, I just, I think they have. They would have better chemistry than Vertagen. I feel like Vertagen is like the odd man out. Probably doesn't understand any anything the other guys are saying. <laughs> so that's a fair point. 
So could you see like a back three of Otamendi, Verton, South uh, America, Otamendi, uh, South David Luiz, Morata. and Lucas Verissimo? Oh, yeah, Lucas Verissimo, exactly. It's South, yeah. South, South but, American. But then again, we, have same, we have the same issue. We'll have three righties. No, Lucas Verissimo is lefty. So why does he play on the right side of the defense? Isn't he lefty? I could be wrong. No. I thought he was he's on the right side of the lefty. Right. If he, he is a lefty, he's got a really good right leg. Yeah, because he plays in the right. right. We're, we're talking on the right, on the left, but yeah. in the middle, and Verissimo on the right. So he's a right right footer. Okay. I think they would. Uh, I think they would manage though. Put Sideshow Bow in the well, left. They, and they, 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 well, they didn't. He didn't trust the dish, this against Braga because that because of the he didn't put Atemendi in the middle not to have two lefties on the wrong side. That's my assumption. I I don't know. I don't understand why you would. Yeah, why you would change it? But Maybe he wanted Otamendi to cover um, the wing a little bit fat, you know, because they have Galindo coming in on, on the on that side, you know, Fair. to cover to cover the wings quicker. <clears throat> I don't know. It's a valid point. But the thing is, that, that's what pisses me off about Jesus. And that's another point that uh, I can bring up. He did the same thing with the Luiz when he got <laughs> smashed 5 0. He put the Luiz on the left side to cover Hulk, right? But that's he's more like, of a, like an invention than this one. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's an invention that he just, it, well, he, he just changed Otamendi from his position to the right side so he's not a ma- the main defender anymore. When Otamendi has been our best defender, main defender, and the captain in the back, and he puts him on the right side to cover, to, to, for what? But then also think about like of those players in the back, who is going to be more comfortable out of position, right? You got a 19 year old who's in the second game. Vertonghen, he's going to be more comfortable in a central role or out left. But Otamendi, of all the players who you're going to put out right, of position, so me, it would be Otamendi. So, so right standard. now, instead of having one person uncomfortable with the position, we'll have three. How? Because Morata's playing yeah, in a left Morata's position. playing on left side. He's going to be uncomfortable anyways because he, he really didn't play the whole season. He's playing on a cup final. Okay, He's 19 years old. Okay. All right, He's going to be uncomfortable anyways. And then yeah. you have Vertonghen who plays in the left, playing in the middle, uncomfortable position. Yeah, but he he's, played as a center back and he played on the middle. Talking about three. the whole season. Talking about this whole season. Yeah, yeah. and and Tottenham he played in Belgium. I don't give a shit. And this whole season he plays in the left side. But there's no uh, reason I mean, why he should be uncomfortable. He's a fucking experienced guy, 34 years old, captain of the Belgian national team. He but, played in the but, back three at Spuds. But instead of making one change, you made three right there. I know, but would you have rather have had? Uh, I've had it had Vertogen on the left, Morato on the right for Verissimo, covering what Verissimo was, was, and not too many in the middle. I think that's risky. Now you're really putting pressure on the young kid. Left-footed, on the right side. Oh, so, so, his... so, so the kid that we paid $8 million for him, he can't use his left foot or right foot? Uh, I'm not can saying you use your can. left? Dude, I, I, don't, I don't cost $20. I don't know if I'm $8 you're not you're undervaluing yourself, Oscar. You're worth yeah, but, $20. But that's that's uh, these guys are professionals. I mean, if they don't practice shooting, with those, I get that. Like, if you see a goalie, if you see, you see a goalie, I'm pretty sure they all of them, even though they're righty or lefty, they kick the ball up the field with both feet. Right? Hey, that's a good trick. That's a good transition. What about the goalies? What about the goalies? Yeah, I was this, just gonna say, yeah, what? Let, let, let's talk about the goalies. Uh, wait, I mean, I don't know. Vlaco had one. Hold well on, but what if, we, what if we said all season long that is Vlaco Dimo's biggest weakness? <clears throat> Coming out of goal. Right. And he fucked himself over again. Like, well, I don't <clears throat> think – I think he's better in between the sticks, but I think – Elton Leith is better coming out. And I know you're going to say what happened on the goal that it yeah, the play yeah, that he got a red card. They're both, they're both out of position. Yeah. Both of them are out of position. But all these say is makes an absolute disaster. Like he has no business coming out there. And then he got caught halfway 
and it was just I over. think he was I think he was coming out to offer like as a back pass and, yeah. and then he, just, he fucked himself over. Yeah, no, no, well, that's because no. we're talking couldn't he was, coming, he was coming out to clear that he was coming yeah. out to go to the ball yeah. and then realized that and, that Vertonghen got there and he tried to back yeah, yeah, yeah. right and late late uh, late when he got the red card he's at the top of the box come and, and he'd react slowly too and he gets caught out of position and has to has to foul him there so i mean they're both they're both out of position no no Wait, but let's. But what about Vlako, dude? I, I mean, I blame Vlako for coming out like that. But Vertogen's clear was horrible. He just give it to the forward to chip it. Like Vertogen's clear clearance was absolutely a whiff. You, if, if any 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 solid defender there would have booted that ball up because he had. I mean, he was to it first and he whiffed it to the to the striker. All he had to do is put put it over the top and it's a goal. What would Otamendi do if he was there? <laughs> Otamendi probably would have beat up the striker and the defender. And the <laughs> <laughs> well, they've done it. Otamendi did it with the, in the past with uh, with the Vlako too. So it's not like the against Braga. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like it wouldn't happen with Otamendi. Yeah, it was just a fucking comedy. But then, mental but then mental the, mistakes. What, mental mistakes what, with the goalies. What did Vlako do after that? Other than he, keep he had us, some big saves. The game, keep us in but the again, game. but again, Four that was five. in between the sticks, right? He didn't have to come out and do anything. Like he's very good. His reactions are very good. He's very good in the net. But if he has to come out for a cross, a ball in the air, if he has to come out of the box, he's super uncomfortable and is very uncertain of what he should do. Should I come? Should I go? Like that goal, right? Like if you're gonna come, you gotta come. Like come all the way out, right? Instead, oh, he came halfway. And then realize like fuck okay like I I must time that but like why does he even come out like there I don't think he have like Vertonghen's there I don't even know why he comes out of the goal like it's not like the ball gets played over over him yeah mental mistake I mean like, I, just I don't gonna, know yeah I don't get o- it. Oscar and I Oscar and I watched the second half and Oscar noticed at the end of the game um, I think Jesus walked by uh, with his hand up with, with his hand up to give him like a five. And, and Vlaco just, just walked by him. So he just touched, and he just touched his, his, his stomach. Like, really? <laughs> and then Oscar was like, "If I was, if I was Vlaco, I would have told him to fuck off, and I wouldn't come in." <laughs> nice. I would have. I would have. If I was Vlaco, I would have pulled the cartoons along Jesus in oh, this God. game. That's the last thing we needed after everything else. That well. Happened. Did you see what happened? There was already a brawl going on. Huh? I, I was just throwing a cheap shot of Jesus and pretend it was I, I missed. Before we go to uh, <laughs> before, before we go to the MVP, what did you guys think of that red card or the the Tarat play? Tarat, Tarat, I would have I would have suspended. Him. I think you should have suspended him. He got fouled. Why did he get up and go push the guy in the face? Yeah, he just got. Yeah, there was no. Fresh. There was like, no need guys, for him to get not up. like the guy did anything wrong. First of all, the, the red. Well, card the guy did. I don't know if you guys the saw red, the replay. Wait, the red card to the red, the Braga player is beyond ridiculous. Correct. The guy yes. But I don't know if you guys noticed, but Piazon kicks the ball at Tarat's face when he's on the floor. That's why he was mad. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Did you I, notice I, that? I didn't. Right. I didn't notice. I'm gonna that, sh- I'm gonna show you quickly because I have it, and then I'll just clip the uh, video out when YouTube decides that they're gonna uh, yell at me for copyright infringement. Um, yeah, fuck you, YouTube. Yeah, seriously. Share screen. I'm going to show you guys this. I just have to remember how far in are we? 33 minutes. Um, so if you watch here, right there, that's why he gets mad. Yeah, I didn't see a kick to the. Where I see it? No, I did. Right. Yeah. He kicks the ball at his face. Watch. 
when he's down foul kicks it I, I need to see i need to see the better image in closer i i, I mean that's hard to see yeah that's the, hard the, guy, see. the guy raises a flag after after like the 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 ball's already out of bounds it's not like he raised a flag for a foul before Right. But even a lot of them coming in, there's another another keeper coming in like an asshole. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that and he's just like chest bumps him. Yeah, that, just that chest bumps him like a like tough major guy. Suspension. Oh, here we go. Is a clean, clean, right there when he kicks it. The ref already had blown the whistle. Huh. But again, you can't react like that. I mean, I get it's a final. He's annoyed. He's frustrated. It's the end of the game. But then this guy, like, if he doesn't get suspended for a long time. Wait, what's what's he the one of this position anyway? Is he is he like a, I think he's a goalkeeper probably coach. Like goalkeeper's coach, yeah. Yeah. But like he doesn't get but the whole game he was like bitching and moaning. Um they were talking about it on the radio as well. But like you can't you can't just do that, right? There has to be some sort of suspension. So I thought it was just a comedy of fucking nightmare. That guy's pretty game. good too. That that Pia, Pia zone guy is pretty good. Mr. Chelsea player. dude. Is he still Chelsea's player? I think he is on the uh, I think so. Uh MVP if there is one. Oscar, I'll start with you. Um Oh boy. <laughs> Var. <laughs> Var. Dude, I I there's no I mean I I would say I would say if you take out the the part where Vlaco comes out off, comes out the the bat the first goal. After that, it's Vlaco because he he saved he had probably three or four saves that were ridiculously good. Yeah, I I'd, I'd say Vlaco Dimos as well, Kenny. I don't know, man. This this one is like I I don't know who the hell stood out. Maybe Vigel again. I thought, I mean, kind of controlled the midfield a little bit. Transfer uh, goal point gave him five point five. He was the Best one, Flaco Dimas got a five point three. He was the best one with a five point five. Vigo was. Yep. Yeah, Vigo. Vigo was solid. I mean, if he had scored that goal right before half and they, we didn't concede, it could have been a different game, yeah. maybe possibly. I, I, that that chance that we had is probably the only chance we had, and we could have maybe defended the whole second half and got away with something. Bill. Yeah, I would have to. Like Oscar said, taking that. Stupid mistake from Modi. Outside of that, I think he made big saves to keep us in the game. And and Weigel, I mean, same as always, right? He's probably the first one on the team sheet and the only one just who's probably truly trusts in that middle. Um, so I, I would say one of them too, but overall, I don't think we deserve to have an MVP. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um Quickly before we go to the next topic, I saw a rumor today about an hour ago. I don't know how true it is, but again, it's off season, so there's a lot of garbage news going to be out there. But I saw that uh, JJ has asked for Benfica to shop Weigel around for thirty to forty million because he's not the number six that he wants in this team. I don't know how true that probably, is, but he probably wants to go get a Brazilian guy that will play <laughs> two minutes a game for for thirty million. Um, I saw that yeah, Chelsea had, that. had looked at where it was interested in Weigel. Dave says Piazon signed for free in January. Um, thoughts on Al Mujati? I mean, I think we're all in agreement that he's 
the player that Benfica could use in that midfield. We talked about him last week, but unfortunate that he got hurt in the game. Um, but I think he's the mold of what we need in that midfield for some steel, some energy, an engine um, that that we've been lacking for quite some time. But I'm sure there's going to be a lot of interesting offers this offseason for that guy, whether it's in Portugal or overseas. I'm sure someone's going to come knocking for him. He, yeah. He's a he's a confident player. I, like Oscar and I were, were talking about it. Like he reminds me of uh, Danilo. Like he's just a, 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 a confident player on the ball and distributing and everything. So I would love him on Benfica. Yeah, and he's a he works a lot on uh, on and off the ball, which is mm-hmm. which is impressive. And he's still young. I think he's twenty four. So there's a lot of uh, margin for growth. Twenty five. Yeah. So still a lot of potential for growth there. Um, next topic here, season review, what are our <laughs> highs, what are, what are our lows? Um, Bill, I'll start with you. What, did, what were your thoughts? If you had to sum up the season, you know, how would you put it in terms of, you know, how you thought it was going to pan out at the beginning, um, how it played out and then how it ended. And then what would you say is your high? Your highlight of the season. <laughs> Did we have a high? <laughs> the, the five wins at the beginning, maybe. Okay. Um, I think, like everyone, expectations were high, right? We <clears throat> came into the season, brought back Jesus, right? Some people didn't want him back. Some people wanted him back. Um, but he knew the league. He knew the team. He pretty much had an open checkbook in terms of being able to sign like transfers, right? He spent a hundred and a hundred mil or something like that. Right. Um, I think overall it was, as Oscar said, it was a horrible season. And I, I agree. I, I, I think I said last week that even if they had won the Tassa, it wouldn't save the season. It was still a disappointing season um, for what they spent and the expectations on the squad. Um, it was frustrating. I, I, to be honest, I don't think there was. I can't think of a high. Maybe the sporting game, but again, there was no, there was nothing there. Like it was essentially a meaningless game. Um, outside of that, I don't think we had any true highs. Like we had some good performances back to back, but then always those good performances would always be followed by a horrible loss and kind of any hope of getting back into the title race kind of being killed off. Okay. Dave quickly says, would Benfica move Ramos, the young striker for him, him being Almuzrati? Absolutely. If Braga I'd, said, I would give us 10 million and Gonzalo a Ramos, a thousand percent. <laughs> I'll drive him from Lisboa to Braga. Seriously. Oscar, you're thinking, would you do it? No, I'll, I'll, I'll sell a town million plus Sefrovic and get Musarati. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to get them drunk to get to that deal. <laughs> so, so in, Bill, Oscar would throw in JJ too. Oh, and JJ yeah. can go for free. I don't <laughs> we'll pay you to take him. Uh, so just to recap, Bill, what was, was, what was your highlight? The five wins at the beginning? Dude, it's tough to think of like an actual high point in the season, like where you felt 
It could be anything. I would, see. It could be a player, could be a moment, could be a decision. What was your so highlight? If we're, if we're going player, I would say I would go with Feigl, right? I I liked the signing last year, and there was glimpses of what like the potential he had last year. And I I think a lot of the rumors are could have been true toward the end of the season. I, I hated seeing that, right? Like a club brings in a player. There's no reason the players that are currently on the roster should be mad that the club went out and spent 20 something million on a, on a player. They should, that should be like a good thing, right? Your club is investing in, in the team. They believe in you. Um, so they're spending the money to bring in a player that can help. And I think seeing him come in uh, this season, struggle a little bit, but then really take hold of that spot. And I think for the majority of the season, he was our best player, our most consistent player, and a player you can count on every week to come in and, and put in his work. I mean, the old saying, like the Germans, like it's just he is the prototypical German player where like he's not flashy, but he's going to go in, he's going to do the, the dirty work, and he's, he's going to put in a, a solid performance every week. Um. I just lost my train of thought. I was going to ask a question and then I forgot what I was going to ask. Um, Oscar, what would be your review uh, of the season? Well, what, oh, oh, I, f- I remember what I was going to ask. Sorry, hold on. Bill, in 10 or less words, 10 or less, who is at fault or what is at fault for the way this season panned out? I don't want a speech. I don't want a novel. I want 10 or less words. Oscar's got one word. I know. <laughs> It might be two. Who is the most at fault for what happened this year? I'm gonna have. To, I have to go with with JJ. Oh, interesting. To. Okay. The club's giving him. I said ten or less like, words. We'll get to the. We'll get to that. you for this. <laughs> that counts as you still only said ten. Bye, poker. Are you for this? <laughs> and JJ, that's less than ten words. Good. Here you go. Um. Oscar, before I go to you, I want to bring up a quote here from Luis Lupieta um, in 2019. For those of you watch or listening after the fact, uh, in an interview to Benfica TV in 2019, September, se tivesse aqui um demagogo qualquer, o que queria era investir para apresentar uma super equipa, mas imaginem que aquilo não corria bem. A queda era grande. That's what happened this year. Okay. So he this guy oh. in 2019. So he came in and said, imagine somebody replaced me, right? And wants to show up and basically prove a point. Comes in and drops a ton of cash and creates a super team. And that doesn't go well. The fall from that and the impact from that is going to be massive. Mm. And this same guy who didn't want someone else to take his seat and do that did exactly what he said someone else would do thoughts on that well i just i mean vieta there's one this one thing and i said it from the beginning from day one vieta was a, a, a president was a president that wasn't basically uh, going along with the academia right you wanted to invest in the academia not to buy these big players after a few seasons, after Jesus left, that's what the plan was. Pitoria started it, 
Lodge continued it into getting some young players out and and uh, and whatnot, right? And then when Lodge last year, the uh, Lodge's last year is when the the whole plan fell apart when we lost to Campeonato. We're in the lead and we lost it to like legit like second half of the season. We were we went to shambles, right? And the fans, the fans, the Saucius asked for this. Okay, the Saucius asked for this, and it was an election year, so it's either I stick to my guns, which you should have. All right. And and I continue the, the plan of the academy and the, the, the you know, get, getting the young players out and just invest here and there, just filling the spots. You know what I mean? That's what he should have done. You know, he listened to the sauces saying we sold uh, John Felix for 126 million. What are you doing with that money? What are you doing with the money? Why don't you get some? Why don't you get invested in the big players? There was riots of people asking for him to go and spend money. Right. So election year, he goes and spends money. Because he wants to re get reelected, all right. He got the guarantees, almost guaranteeing a campeonato, all right. I, I, I don't think his uh, his words were anything less than I'm bringing George Zeus back, investing a hundred million dollars to guarantee we win the campeonato and go far in champions, all right. And that is a big fail. That's a horrible season for me. Is when he basically invested all this money, brought it back to coach the. Almost guaranteed a campeonato. He went to Brazil the first year, won the 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 Brazilian campeonato and the what do you call the Brazilian cup? The cup that Libertadores. Won. Libertadores. So it's a coach that like brings guarantees, right? And that completely went to shambles. It failed, failed, failed completely. So now he should have been like he should have came up and goes, "Hey guys, I failed. You know why? Because I I listened to you guys. I listened to the the sausages, and I should." But do you not think it's a bit? contradictive of him to, to basically to uh, basically say don't replace me because all these people just want my spot yeah, but and want to spend money and I, it's going to be a nightmare and then he basically did the same thing tell, tell me when when was that when was that exactly no, that's when he was pushing the whole academy okay. uh, wait wait 2019 when September. we were when, when we were winning with lies right Yep. So we had right. just won the season with Lush. Yeah, and then we we the first half of that season, we can continue winning. We lost one game, and then the second half of that season, right before COVID hit, is when we completely went to shambles, yep. right? So so he was his plan before the whole COVID happened or before the season, it was, was Academia, 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 right? That's what well, he's been preaching for the last 10 years is Academia. Yep. Right, and then when it failed, when the academia we had the half, the second half of the season that was completely bad, is when he listened to the sausages and the sausages started asking for for answers because he, the money he made with John Felix and the money he made with this guy and the money he made with that guy, why aren't you investing on on top players? And he did. That's his mistake. Fair. I think there's definitely some contradiction there. Um, and just quickly on the academia, just to touch on it quickly. Um, he a few years ago said that the the spine of the Portuguese national team would be from the Seychelles. It he is. Said, he said a few oh, years look, ago. It is. It is. And that and that's what I was just gonna say. So it we is. got what five or six players from the Seychelles that are in there yeah. in the 100%. national team. And and it could be more. I mean, if, if there's some backups to the those that are that are from the Seychelles, like Ruben Smith and all that, they're they're backup to Jean Cancelo, but he's from the Seychelles too. So we got, let's see, João Concilio was there, Nelson Smith. Yeah, um, yeah Ruben Diaz. Diaz. Uh, Renato. Uh, Renato Sanchez, Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva, yep, 
Yeah, so we got Felix. like Gonzalo Gibbs, Gibbs. Felix. Yeah, so there's so, like seven, seven, eight players there, which I yeah. thought was interesting. Um, so you should, you should like this. Then Rui Costa was in the same plan as him. They, they, they had a half sec, second half bad, bad second half of that season. They should like, like filled in a few spots. I would, I don't understand why they go and get old fucks like this. That's what we used to do in the past when we used to go get the volley donks and the guys finishing their careers and all the bullshit to, to come to Enfica because they had a name. Now we go get Otamendi's and Vertogans and, and, uh, and a bunch of LA jobs that don't know how to play soccer, like, the, like, uh, bar ones and all that bullshit. So, oh, easy, like, easy, easy. so, so you have, so you have, uh, like th this season was completely like, I don't understand. It completely changed from where he was going to this. And and my dad actually said I don't want him to hear me because then because I've been uh, you, you know he he then I give I give him pops and he just fires up. <laughs> so, he's been saying Jesus coming back will be bring Benfica back to the ruins and it's pending out. Okay, Let's see how that goes. What would be your what's your what's your recap of the season? My recap of the season. Yep. I think I've said it like the last three the three podcasts. Horrible, horrible season. I don't think even the cup would have saved it. With the investment we did, we should have been champions, easily champions. All right, and been and uh, and made it far in Europe. What was your highlight? That nobody died from COVID. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> in in ten or less words, what was? My pocarado. <laughs> Kenny, what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say with the with the um the kids again. So I know we had a good run with with the uh the Seychelles, but like let let's let's take a look at the most recent academy players that I mean they just haven't panned out. Jetson, Florentino, uh, Florentino, um, Luis. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, Nuno Tavares. His, I don't know if it's brother, cousin, the other Tavares with the other, with the other hair. Tomas Tavares, no. Yeah. David Tavares. So, David Tavares, like, yeah. they, they, they're just, these guys have not panned out. So, we we got into it, like, Spartan's gone through it too. Spartan used to have the great, greatest uh, players, uh, young kids, and then they went on a route. So, like, like it's, it's tough to commit to the academy when you did commit to them and these players came along. And they they're they're just not hitting. So like you have to refresh the team somehow. You can't just keep committing yeah, to the, yeah. to the I, kids. I agree. I, I so agree. I I agree with the strategy of sprinkling them them in here and there. But when you just throw them all out at the same time, like we did la at the end of la or last year, and then you finish the season the way we did, like that had a lot to do with the with, with the acad with the the kids from the academy last year. Mm -hmm. So Correct. I mean I don't blame them for making the investment, especially because I feel like we can make the investment. Um, but not on 36 ask, year old. But if you were to ask me, uh, the major like the major mistake this year was not that I'm okay, I'm I'm fine with what they spend. I don't give a shit what they spend. If they want to spend a hundred million, hundred fifty million, if they can do it, that's on them. I'm I'm not the president. I don't have I'm not in control of the money. I trust that who's there is doing the right things. I just don't agree with a lot of. I, I, I think we should have spent more money in the midfield and on defense from the very beginning of, of the season. We did in the middle of the season. We, we got Lucas, um, Lucas Verissimo on defense, which we needed. We were struggling on defense. That was a big, big mistake in, in, um, in not, you know, I mean, I guess we did, right? We got Vertonghen and we got 
Otamendi, but it still wasn't a, a solid defense. So we, we invested there in the in the second half of the season, and it paid out. I think our defense is a lot more solid than, than at the start of the year. But the midfield was a huge weakness from from the beginning till right now. And I think that instead of, you know, instead of getting the, the Everton's, like, you know, I, I would have spent some money in the midfield and we didn't make one big signing at all in the midfield. And I think that's, that's the big hole that we need to fill next year. Um, but I mean, yeah, Abilio and, and Oscar, they, you guys touched it. I mean, my expectations was to win everything. I mean, I always think we're going to win everything. Um, I, I think we should have, you know, I was expecting getting into Champions League. That didn't happen. I expected to to at least, you know, put on a showing in um, Europa League. We really didn't do that. We didn't win the league. We didn't we didn't come home with any hardware. So I agree. It was a disastrous season this year, um, and uh, and it's unfortunate. Um, but if I had to say the bright spot, you know, to look at positives. Um, I think, I think I'm holding, I'm holding on to the potential of Everton and Darwin to hopefully pan out next year. Uh, I am hoping that um, another year with Jesus, you know, working the team that he wants to work, it will get there next year. We already kind of saw that in the second half of this, this, this season, they improved from the first half to the second half. The numbers don't lie. They're, they're there. So, and I do think we actually played be- not great, but better in the second half of the season. Um, and, and so, yeah, so I think those are, those are some positives to hold out for, for next year. Um, and then I don't know what else, what else, were, what was the other thing you asked? In 10 or less words, who's the main reason for this season? Um, Which is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the odd like just the overall shortened condensed season. Not no fans, none of that stuff. I'm not gonna put the blame on Jesus. I'm not gonna put the blame on on um the president. I'm gonna say that it was just an odd, odd season, an odd year. My my highlight is Otamendi. I think we we got a player that could be the spine of the team for for the next few years at least. Um, my reason or my fault, my max fault for this, I have to go uh, with the president as much as as you guys think it's not the case. Um, and that was so. My answer is the president. That's my less than ten words, and my justification here is. Mm. Um, I didn't get justification. You I didn't. said I would come back to it. God, oh, you'll... Wait your turn, damn it. <laughs> um, my justification for it is that I saw, I don't know if you guys have watched Benfica FEM, uh, the podcast, but it's in Portuguese. Uh, and they, they have a pretty good good program, but they were talking about it on, on the show on Monday as well. But uh, in a situation, right, like all the situations that have come out this year and the, and the things that have happened with the referees and the newspapers and all that other bullshit. Um, the club has been very hesitant or hasn't come out at all to defend the club, right? We haven't had any press conferences from the president, from Rui Costa, from 
We just hired a new director of communication in January. The guy that was a news anchor, I think it was on TVE or Seek. I think we've seen him twice. He did an interview of Luis Vieira on Bifica TV, and he did an interview of Rui Costa on Bifica TV. Apart from that, we haven't seen that guy at all, right? So the, what's he doing, right? These guys are the ones that are supposed to protect the club, that are supposed to defend the club. But when something comes out in the newspapers, right, that – you know, the, the, the government is investigating Luis Subfieda because of his business deals and all this shit. Like, they're out very quick, right? It's not true. The president this, the president that, blah, blah, blah. The president's cooperate, right? But when it comes to defending the club as a whole and, and, and when it comes to the to the sports, like, we're just very hesitant to come out on it. And and I feel like because of that, right, Benfica TV doesn't have debates. Benfica TV doesn't cover the, you know, the... um. I don't want to say riots, but the protests from the fans, right? Against what's going on, right? They don't cover any of that. The club, the Benfica TV is Benfica's channel. It's not Luis Vieira's channel, right? And I get they need to do their job to, to protect the club and who's there at the moment. But I feel like he's just created this environment around the club that it's like, defend me, protect me. And I will basically call the shots and what needs to be done when it needs to be done. And for me, like, I just, I just think that he's the max at fault for everything else. And I think it starts at the top and it trickles down and in reality, and Oscar, you can hate him as much as you want, but there has been no one this year that has defended Benfica more than Luis, uh, than judge Zeus. He's the only one that defends them when he got mad in the press conference about COVID and all that other bullshit that Kenny always talks about. When they ask him continuous questions about is he going to leave, who's the reason for this, blah, blah, blah. He's the only one, again yesterday, with the referees. This happens a lot. VAR didn't call it back. Do we hear our president or Rui Costa or anyone talk about what's going on? No, you don't hear it. So props to him for being the only one. He's basically our manager and our director of communication. But, you, you but the thing is, you don't know what goes behind this. The, the, like, just who's I think coming in probably want to control of all of that. I can't imagine that Benfica hires so so Jesus wants control over all that communication, but we're gonna go hire the director of communication in January, mid midway through the season. This guy is to the like the press conferences and stuff like that. He's the one yeah. supposed to be like, leave the team to me, I'll control the team when what happens to the team. Yeah, I agree. Vieta should have came out and in and bitch like just like Pinto Costa does and Varendez does when it yeah. doesn't go his way, right? But uh, Jesus, I mean Vieta did it in the past and he, he did in the past, pushed. correct, and he hasn't done it this yeah. year. And the only difference is Jesus in. Um, like they say in Portuguese, que no mama, or que no chora no mama. Pois. Right? That's the problem. <laughs> Bill, do you want your two-minute justification? No quero chores depois tens mamar. I don't, need, tens, I don't, tens need, I don't need two minutes. I don't need two minutes. I, the way I look at it is the club invested in the team, right? They brought in players. They spent the cash. At the end of the day, who's the one that is – with the team every day, training them. He's the one that sets up the team for the games. He's the one that on who plays, who doesn't play the formation. At the end of the day, if the, if the season doesn't go in the way you want it, you have to look at the manager, right? They're they're the right. ones that set the team up. Like to to start the season. Granted, like Kenny mentioned, it was a condensed season, no off season, like. It was very different than normal, but the first two months, 
that that's that midfield was the freaking revolving door. It was just one game. It was one set of players. One game. It was another set. Like he did not settle on a duo in the midfield. And I think that hurt. I think they all suck. all those switches. Right. But it, it, like just settle on one. They suck. They suck. Like just every game swapping out and putting two new, two new uh, pairs in there. doesn't help. Like it, it doesn't make it. The, them suck any less. Like if he had, if, but if he had a legit off season, he probably would have figured that out beforehand. Fair, right? But I'm. I, I feel he like didn't. The first I mean, three months of the exactly. season were his preseason. No yeah. one did. I mean, all the all the all the teams have the same issue. And but you look at correct. JJ was a new coach coming in. Exactly. Ruben was with his team already. He had the core of his team. And Sergio Conceição had been with this team for three years, right? So it's it wasn't anything new to him, right? Um, well, but Jesus, Jesus went to Flamengo, brought in his players, and he won everything. So there's yeah. like, oh, he's new, but he can he can do that, right? But it comes to Benfica that he's a house that he's been for four or five years prior to arriving. Before you know, he's been here. He knows the the, the like, and he knows some of the players. Some of the players played with him already. In the the you know, PZ was there when he when he was there. Some of the players were already there, right? So, Zuzus came in, asked for the players that he wanted. The only player that stood out this season, Otamendi, he didn't even ask for. Okay? There's one player that we all talked about, and he didn't even ask for. He didn't even want him <laughs> at the beginning. And that's the only player that we all here agree that, that stood out and he was one of the best, like, the surprise of the season. Okay? That's the player he didn't ask for. All the, the $100 million that invested, most of them, he invested. He asked for them. Most, not I'm not saying all. Most. So Lucas Verissimo looks, looks, looks. That was a good. That was a good pickup, and that was just yeah, this guy. That, that was, the season was over. Lucas Verissimo came. Most uh, almost. Yeah, end of January. Yeah, so, so, so like Jesus, yeah. Jesus wanted him from the beginning, but he couldn't get him. So he yeah, settled he on Otamendi. I, I get it. He couldn't get him. So I mean, but but you think Verissimo being here for the whole season would have stopped us from losing this campeonato? Because this campeonato was. We, we didn't. He, could, he couldn't figure out, at, like Abilio said, he couldn't figure out midfield, and midfield was. I know, but it wasn't Tarat. Wasn't Tarat there when when Jesus was still there? Tarat Tarat's never been a Jesus. Uh, he was in the B Jesus. team. He was yeah. yeah Jesus, he, I think he, he never said, liked Tarat. Gabriel right? Gabriel sucks. Like, talks in every game. But didn't didn't Jesus want to bring in another midfielder, and you just could, you couldn't get couldn't bring one in? We got Vigo. If I was not, not Jesus, but Vico's, yeah, but we were good. playing. We were playing with Tarat and Gabriel at the beginning of the season. Why right? didn't start the season? It was Tarat and Gabriel. They yeah, suck because Jesus didn't start Vigo. Not because he couldn't. I don't know. What was Vigo? Was was Vigo? I thought he. I thought there was like an injury thing with him at the beginning. No, of the season. wasn't an injury. Jesus didn't. It, he was just didn't figure it out until until January, until after well, the COVID. That's when he figured out the I, midfield. Again, I, I still think that you know the beginning of the season, just like those those that first month was like he was trying to still figure out his team, and unfortunately yeah. he didn't have like, a full. He might have had a small off season, but he didn't have a full off season, especially with all the the, the limitations with practices, and you got to practice with with these sets of guys first, and then like there was a lot of right. wild card okay. things that happened that, yeah, let's, and I get it, let's, everyone had to do it, but still like no, he was no, he was new to the team. Let's, no, let's let's get this. Let's get money on the on on the table right now. We we spent money on Gilberto, didn't lost the spot. I agree with that one. Terrible. Okay, 
I agree we with spent that one. That's a miss. Barely played on that until the last three games. Okay, we spent money on Luca. Flop. Everton, Everton still. Well, Everton still put up stats, dude. Like I don't. I understand I, he didn't play to the expectations, but he still. No, you, you three weeks ago you said he was the biggest disappointment of the season for you. Three weeks ago no, no. before the we started playing. No, 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 no. He was. He was. He wasn't to my expectation. What I expected of him, he was a disappointment, and 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 he didn't play up the, the entire season. But you see the potential that he has. Yes, you I said the that potential that he has. Yes, the if factor. I said it from the beginning. But you said he was a flop. Okay, so he's. You said he, he was, was a flop. A, we can go back in the pod. We can go back in the pod. Can you guys? I, I, I don't think I said. I don't think I said he was a flop. I just. I just think I. I. I meant if I said that, then then I take it back. <laughs> but, no, no, I don't think I said that. First of all, bring it, bring it to the. If you want to say that, then bring it to here. Say I that will. I, called him I'll bring it back. I said he wasn't playing up to expectations, but I still hope he he would he was going to pan out. Yeah, and I think I'll he's going to be a hit, just like I think Darwin's going to still be a hit. Da- but I all don't right, think so Darwin no, Darwin played. Okay, to his, but, to but his Jesus, came to, Jesus came to go far to. That's what they they preach to the fans and to the saucers. Jesus comes to win. And to go far in Europe, if he comes to win and invests a hundred million dollars, it's for players that to win, not to hey in three years you're gonna pen out. It's to win. Of course, he brought, of course. He brought a Brazilian international player, which is Everton. He plays for the Brazilian national team, and he was a he was a he was a legit like one of the the best players in Brazil to start, not to sit on the bench and be pen out next year. Okay, he bought Luca from Germany, which is a player to start, not to sit on the bench and pen out next year. Gilberto was to be a starter, not to be the old I, I don't think I don't know if Luca was his guy. I don't think Luca was Jesus' guy. I don't think Luca. I don't think Luca was Jesus' pick. They already they already were scouting him. Yeah, but but Jesus had to approve it because he came before when before they he got bought. I mean, I don't know the back the background to that, but, but Jesus I don't had to purchases. But all I I'm think saying Jesus' is, first pick was like the, the Brazilians, the Jersons that didn't come, the all those guys. Like not right. Luca was not but, on his radar. Okay, but we're talking about a hundred million that we spent. I know we sold players. We sold players, and that's players that Jesus didn't want. Okay, <laughs> we sold. We got rid of. So you're talking about players he got in and players he got out. Is Jesus had to control the whole thing? He was he, he was bought from uh, from Flamengo, and after Flamengo, he was probably in every single decision if he took. Okay, it only will be a, a, a thing. Hey, Jesus, come in August and the team is going to be made for you. No, I think Jesus had to be part of that planning from when he left Flamengo until the start of the season in August or September in this case. Right. So we're saying he had no say in Luca. Very doubtful. I think he had a, no. a, a say in Luca. I'm sure, I'm sure he had to like say, you know, yes, I'll take him, but it was not his, it wasn't his pick. It wasn't his, he didn't scout that player. It, it was a player that was already. Scouted by Benfica, and he and he's like, sure, yeah. I'll take them. Like, I need yeah. someone there. I'll Benfica, take them. Benfica probably scouts a hundred players a year, but it, the the coach ends up picking who he wants. They were also supposed to get the other center back from Freiburg as well. They were supposed to get both of them, Luca and uh, Cock. Don't laugh, but uh, yeah, Cock from uh, he ended up going to Leeds. Yeah, we had a no, bug on this, but, but, but I'm not I'm not done yet. Then we have Pedrinho. The the Baron of Jesus had to do with Pedrinho. I don't no, know. He was last year. That's, that's, he was last year. Yeah, he came last year. Okay. They so, bought him last year. He came this this year, but they bought him last year. Yeah, he okay. didn't play so, in like six months. But but uh, he, yeah, that's one that what Juan Jesus said that uh, you know he didn't know him, but he's a superstar. He's a he's got feet of gold and he blah 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 blah. blah. after when he was yeah. interviewed last year, he said 
no Brasil há, há muitos pedrinhos. Right, but then this year he goes, I didn't know pedrinho really go well, but well, he now didn't I say that. But I of course he has to say that he's going to coach him now. Right. right. But what I'm saying is, this he is also said that he also said Nuno Tavares was going to be the starter on the national team. Well, that that shows how <laughs> much he knows. <laughs> he's no, of course, he has to players, say that dude. he's coach. Yeah, dude, he's not going to say like it doesn't make any sense for him to talk shit about his players that he's got a coach. Yeah, like, of course, he's Nuno Tavares, com caralho, é um aleijado, mas só é o único que tenho é gonna play him. You know, that's not going to motivate the kid. But but he doesn't hold back on it when it when it comes to Vlaco coming out on a bad say either. It's true. He picks yeah, so well, it's not his player now. Mourinho's the same way, and everyone yeah, loves him. Like, it's, it's either uh, apples or oranges. You can it can be both. Like sometimes he wants bananas, dude. Yeah. So, want? so, so, Tavares is going to be a world star player, even though when he sucked, right? He's going to be our future. And then Vlaco comes out in the back call, and he talk, he, he basically puts him down. I go, that's that's. I just want to correct you. You said Nuno Tavares sucked with a D. He sucks with an S. Present, still currently sucks. Well, he didn't. Probably didn't start much lately, but he didn't suck before. He still so, sucks. So there's there's a lot of what my point is. There's a lot of money invested that just Zuzu proves that are sitting on the bench or sit on the bench most of the season. And and I know it takes time to adapt, but you can't you can't invest all this money to sit on the bench and then have the players that you that basically you kept from last year carrying your team forward. You really you can't. And the play, the only play like you like you said that you didn't even want is the one that superstar this year, Otamendi. Look, I agree, I agree with that, but I, I still believe that there was poor planning to the beginning of the season and it didn't it just didn't work out the way the way it ex they expected it. I know, like you spend the money, you gotta do good. They gotta they gotta play right away. They gotta they gotta do good right away. They gotta start and it didn't happen. But I also think that it was just poor planning from the very beginning of the season. Yeah, they just thought that they could just throw money at it and it would fix itself, fix itself, and it didn't. And they they spent the money in wrong in my opinion in wrong positions and they didn't realize that you know, the limitations they had with practices, the limitations they had with the games, you know, they they didn't take that into you know, into the the whole picture and it bit them in the ass. And and it bit them in the ass from the very beginning of the season to the point where it was a little too late you know, in April, I mean, in, in January, when the season got really difficult for us and we lost like, I don't know, three, four, four games and pretty much lost the, the league there. And we couldn't, we couldn't, you know, we put in a better performance in the second half of the season, but it was, it was just a little too late. And, you know, maybe if, if we had kept it tight and if Seth maybe put in a couple of goals that he freaking missed, those ties turn into wins and you, there you go. You got, you know, three, four more points and you're back in it. So, you know, it is what it is. Like you can look at it both ways, but at the end of the day, I agree with you, Oscar. You you spent the money, you, the expectations were there. You failed. It's a bad. Yeah, it's it's their fault. But um, they're obviously going to look at it in a different way, and I can see that side of it. I can I can see the argument that they could put together. Now, my my, my biggest concern is like you you see like a, you know, Man City started throwing money at players and getting millions and millions in there, right? And it, it didn't pin out the first year, second year, third year, because obviously uh, it took time to get those all those players to mash up, right? But the thing is, they held on to those players. We get a bunch of values that probably last an year or two, right? And then there's money wasted. Money wasted that like now, now if we hold Everton and Darwin and Luca and Pedrinho for four or five years, it maybe in those four or five years, we they'll give us the, they'll they'll be our superstars, and but we're not gonna be able to hold those players. 
So it's like, if we waste this kind of money, it's to win now, not to win in five years, because we're not going to have those plays in five years. We our, our, our business is to get it in and out, in and out. Valid, but we valid all, point. Well, you said you said old players. We only have... But the back line is all old players. Three, yeah, but four, we didn't... Five, six, were... We only have eight players that are 30 or older. Yeah, and that's mostly the back line. That's to be right. Like, like Vartogan. Andrea Almeida, Samaris, PZ, Tarat, Otamendi, Vertongan, and Jardel. Yeah, that's a lot of the back line. And that's a Jardel's lot of... Jardel's gone. Jardel's gone. Samaris, unfortunately, is probably gone. And then Almeida will be a backup, and Elton Late's a goalie. But everyone else and, is 29. And Otamendi was, was part of the, the Ruben deal. Yeah. And for Tonga, yeah, and, and that's and that after that deal, if we either we pay up or yes, he's gone. So, like, yeah. there's, there's a lot of a lot of money that we invested to win now, not to not to win in, in three years. Um, to close off this topic, Kenny, I'll go with you this time. What is your low moment of the season? 30 seconds. Lowest moment of the season. Or your low light. Uh, probably. Probably the. My lowest was personally the. 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 Uh, PZ goal that got cut back against Porto <laughs> by VAR. That's rough. That is that is that was a bit because I I was so high I was like fucking <laughs> so fuck like crazy I did not it was think the that Cancun was air for the Everything, DR just, air just like I thought we were back in it I thought we were like oh we got a guest appearance we got a guest so appearance. yeah that was Pitoros oh in the house hey <laughs> there he is ask him what his high and low was <laughs> and the Capitol. Oscar Oscar what was your low that's gonna go into the uh that's gonna go into the the highlight video oh that's great oscar now that we got your dad's low light <laughs> what's yours? well now i'm not gonna say his <laughs> he said if we each get a million dollars so it's got a three million bounty on him no 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 we uh i think the the First of all, my, the investment was my low for the season because I think it was it was just bad investment. I think we should have should invested smarter, but especially in this COVID year, we should have invested a lot smarter than we did. Um, but besides that, I'm gonna say the month of January was our low. Okay, um, Bill. Yeah, so I mean, I agree with what Kenny and Oscar said, but to go with just something different. Um, just looking at the 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 results over here, and I, I think the that Jovi synth loss was like a dagger in the heart. Right, we had come off of five straight wins, six straight wins in the league, and it looked like things had turned, and we might potentially get back into the to the title race. And I think that that game pretty much 
kind of put a nail in the coffin, right? Uh, to to lose to Jovi Sint, I think. I think after that loss, I, I would you fair to say that the majority of Benfiquistas were conceded the title at that point. My low is um, a bad night in Greece, not making it into the Champions League. I think was the biggest, yeah, biggest result that impacted so much in what happened after that. I, I think just decisions were made because of that. Financially, there were you know we had to make decisions that maybe we wouldn't have wanted to make. Who knows if Ruben Diaz stays. Things may have been different. I don't know, but I think not, us not making it into the Champions League was uh, psychologically a blow, not just to JJ, but to the players. I would say as well. Right. Like, I have a question for you, Mike, on this one. Can, do you think? Do you think? Do you, what, what's your opinion? Do you, right now, if you asked, like, if you were Ruben Diaz, are you glad we lost in Greece? For him, um, he wouldn't admit it. But he would like, absolutely one hundred percent correct. The way that is the way that his year panned out, right? Voted best player in the Premier League, like he fucking crushed it. Champions League final, won the yeah. Premier yeah. and then he goes to goes to the goes yeah. to Celeste, like our main guy. Correct. Yeah, he wouldn't admit it, but deep down he knows that like that dis- that defeat is basically what paved the road to who go- yeah. who knows where the hell he's going to go next. But like he's for me, he's captain of manchester city in the next year or two easy uh-huh. isn't it crazy no well so i had two things so on that on that note right isn't it crazy to think like if he had said he probably would have had just like another mediocre year like and you would have never seen his full potential but when you like as him going to city and like just fucking flourishing over there like that's just crazy um I agree with you guys. Like he would never admit it, but like that was the greatest thing that could have happened to him. Um, <laughs> but I was just gonna say another honorable mention uh, as a low light to the season. Like I hope that in the rest of my lifetime, I never have to go through a season without fans in a stadium like that. This entire year, the past year with no fans in stadiums. Now you're starting to see it here in the states. Like you know, this past the the past golf tournament that just happened. Like with the fans out there and like the stadiums here. Oh, you're, you're gonna see up. it in Portugal too. Like, Champions yeah. League on, Champions on Saturday. League. Don't worry, it's UEFA. They they yeah. get fans. I am so glad. Teams. I hope I never have to go through through watching sports like that again. Um, that was a huge low light for the season. Not not like Benfica specifically, but just in general, the whole season. Yeah. I think I think going beginning of ne- this next year when fans are actually allowed to go back in the stadiums, you're gonna see full packed houses, even in the small teams, for the first like half of the yeah. season because of all what's happen and how much they yeah. want to go back to watching soccer and live yeah. people won't, then, won't won't take it for granted and then half those fans like six games and they'll be like oh this kick when you're yeah. nothing new we start keeping yeah. the ball on corner still melhor in casa especially Spartanguistas when they realize that their team's not not as good as yeah. they uh they played um, this past year cue up the Jonathan comments we'll wait for them um I had one more topic here, but I'm going to swap it out just for the sake of time. Um, I'll leave the fan expectations versus reality um, to start the season next year. Um, With this being the last podcast of the 2021 season, um, we started doing this um, 
midway into the season. We weren't necessarily right at the beginning, but we were a few games in. Um, there's been a lot of arguments, discussions, disagreements, laughs. Um, what would you guys say was kind of your standout moments? Paul's being any others that stand out to you guys that you can remember i thought I, the I, um the, the super league pod was was a good one i thought that the just the banter between everyone was pretty good on that one it was I'm trying to think back on any other moments that we had. I think were, when, uh, when Kenny made countries like Canada and Denmark and Switzerland. <laughs> hate him. <laughs> oh, who was the other guy? The guy, the guy from last, last week. week. They, they, they all stopped watching. Uh, or the guy <laughs> that was talking to his girlfriend sleeping. Was who was sleeping? the guy from last week? What was his name? I can't remember. Night something. Night. That was Jonathan. That was Jonathan. Yeah, this is burner, burner account. account. Yeah. <laughs> what about... um? Was it last week? Um, what what was the episode that Oscar's dad showed up in the oh. in the middle of the podcast? I know it's happened again. At him? Tonight, yeah. <laughs> I remember that other yelling one, at him. He snuck up behind him. We didn't even see him. No, somebody was knocking on my door, and he didn't want to go answer it. Americano na porta. Open it. Oh, that was good. Biggie says it was the Chloe interview. Speaking yeah, of Chloe, she just love. she just resigned. She just resigned, um, yeah. Yeah. Until 2024. So pretty good for her. We'll have to get her back on the podcast. Um and congrats the to them. Fights. They won the they won the league. Yeah, and they won the congrats cup too. So we at least got some cups, some titles, even if it's not on the men's side, at least on the female side. We had something to celebrate, at least. Um, anything else that jumps out to you guys? I There's mean, so many o that Os like Oscar and Tanks, you know, peasy conversation. Peasy I mean, that thing lasted from the very beginning to the very end. So that, yeah. that was an ongoing battle. We were at a, um, we were at a cookout this weekend for my brother who's getting married and, um, Mikey, who we had on the podcast before he was wearing a peasy shirt and your brother Jay showed up. And he was sitting down, and I was across the yard, and he yells, "Mikey, did you see what this kid's wearing?" And I was like, "Yes, I did." And I thought of you as soon as I saw it. <laughs> he was so pissed. So, just so you know, Oscar, he's thinking about you even outside the podcast when it comes to PZ. And the guys on the Portuguese podcast, as you guys, I'm sure saw on the WhatsApp yeah. group, they were like, "Do you guys uh, are gonna have to get a UFC ring for for Jason and Oscar <laughs> and just have them fight it out?" So, yeah, Jota, been, uh, Jota and um, Jota, who's the other? Who's the other guy? They have a an ongoing battle too. Ugo, uh, Ugo yeah, yeah. Uginho and Jota. Ugo. <laughs> Those two need to. They need to get in the UFC ring and, and battle it out too. They do. They'll be in Montalike together this summer, so maybe we can get them. Uh, you stick them in one of those in one of the tanks. They're gonna play. Uh, Train the water. Let them go at it. We're gonna have a friendly match, so we'll have to make sure that they're on separate teams to see if we can get some hostility out of the two of them. Should be interesting. Um, yeah, there's 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 been a lot of of interesting moments. The league, the prediction league. Um, Zach Campus ended up winning. No one got points in the last last game. He ended up winning with 31 points. Um, he got six 
results correct, um, the score correct, and then he got 13 outcomes correct. Um, Jay and Oscar finished in second place with 28 points. They both got five score correct and 13 results or outcomes correct. Um, I finished in seventh with two, a measly two correct score predictions and 17 correct outcomes with 23 points. Kenny finished just behind me with 20 points and he got two uh, correct scores and 14 Let me just correct say, outcomes. I got cheated because I had like four <laughs> correct at the beginning. scores at the beginning before you started tracking it. Yeah, I definitely lost lost a lot of points there. But it's fair. Fun. Yeah. So next season we'll start it right at the beginning. This year we didn't start it till like two months in just because I had to put all this together. So I agree with Kenny. He may have we'll put an asterisk next all right. to Zach. Right. But you know put one next to me too, because I freaking Billy, Bill got <laughs> relegated. relegated. Bill got relegated. <laughs> he got 22nd place out of 24. He's going to go compete in the uh, Segunda Divisão next year. <laughs> maybe, he can, maybe he can work his way back up. Um, yeah, so that was fun. Um, don't forget to uh, check us out on Facebook. Follow the page. Um, my goal is for us to hit 15,000 followers um, before the Let's start of next season. We're just about we're, – we're knocking on 13,000. I think we're off by like 100, so we're almost there. Uh, so try to get us to 15K before the start of next season, before the first official game. Um, on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, hit the bell button, get notifications when we go live. Um, we're also on Instagram, and then we're all on on Twitter on our individual accounts. Um, I do want to say that obviously we're going to take a break now between now and the beginning of next season uh, with the Euro especially coming up. So there's not going to be much Benfica chatter apart from kind of the rumors that you'll see in the newspapers. Um, so we'll, we'll probably pick back up when it comes to the Benfica podcast um, sometime, maybe mid July, um, but we'll gauge based on what's coming out. But I will say we are going to do um, a special podcast uh, in relation to the Euro. Um, so we're going to cover, I know this is Benfica podcast, the Benfica page, but um, you know, Portugal is, is the one common denominator that we all have uh, as football fans so uh, we will be doing uh, a special podcast um, coverage for the year the euro uh, competition so we'll start um, the Thursday before the composite competition starts we'll do a podcast um, just to talk about the selection um, the group our predictions what do we think is going to happen we'll do a preview of the first game against Hungary um, and then we'll follow through for the group stage and hopefully it takes us through to the knockout stages if we get that far but um, stay tuned for that we'll post about it uh, coming up so we'll take a two-week more or less hiatus and then we'll be back to cover the national team and then we'll be back sometime in July for for Benfica coverage boys anything that you guys would like to finish off with to end this miserable miserable season well i just want to say thanks for you know to all the the fans i guess out there that have watched us throughout the season even even during a very difficult season mike thank you for putting this all together getting all the uh special guests at you uh chloe yeah i'm like you put you put together some really good shows so good work and um you know thanks thanks to everyone also yeah, I, you gotta I, thank I, your haters kenny 
Canadian. All love, guys. All love. All love. <laughs> yeah, I, I say, I, I mean, I, my words, I'm, I make Kenny's my words. Like, uh, thank you, Mike, for putting this all together. The followers for, for being here. You know, either other team followers like Jonathan and stuff like that. It makes it fun. Um, you know, it's all in, we, sometimes we say some swears up here, like, or, or like, but it's all in fun. Okay. And we all, we all, we all love each other here. So, but yeah, it's, it's been a fun year to, to chat with you guys about, about this miserable season. <laughs> um, hopefully we come together next year for a celebration, you know, instead of being, uh, maybe we celebrate the Euro and then we go into celebrate the Euro first. Yeah. And then we go and then into we can worry about and, and, and celebrate this, the 38th, right? 38th we're going for. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, hey, yeah. Let's, let's go for 38 now. Billy, final words? I mean, Oscar and Kenny hit on it. Just thanks everyone for participating in the in the chat and for Mike for putting all this together and having us on. It's been a, it's been a blast. All right. Well, we'll be back in two weeks. We're gonna take a break. Again, thanks everyone for, for listening, for tuning in, whether you watch us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, um, Instagram doesn't do the live feed yet, but uh, yeah, thanks for everyone to tuning in. Thanks for the follows. Like it if you enjoy what we do. If you don't enjoy it, like it too. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to cost you any money. Um, share it if you would like. Prefer if you'd like. If you, we'd prefer if you'd share it, even if you didn't like it, um, just to kind of to reach a few more fans. Um, again, it doesn't cost you any money. We don't make any money off of it. Um, it's just to kind of get a bigger scope of, of being able to reach more Benfica fans across the globe. So we'll be back in two weeks to cover the Euro. Again, thank you. Thank you, boys, for joining again. And hopefully, uh, let's put this season to rest. Um, let's forget about it. And hopefully next season is a hell of a lot better than this one. Sure will be. Well, so, guys. Have a good night. Viva Take Benfica easy, and Oscar. Tell Pitoru we said thank you for the uh, guest appearance. <laughs> Hey, well, hey and, and the cliff is coming this year, Jonathan. This coming? Coming. Okay. We'll Let's wait for the cliff. <laughs> Make sure you guys wait sitting down. Don't Get your parachutes ready. Yeah. November, November, December this year, cliff. Okay, so yeah. we'll wait for it. This is recorded. This is recorded, so we'll come back to it. All right. All right, boys. See ya.